Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spin-off of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you! Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire, Whiskey, and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fanfiction. The Debt of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which is rated explicit for language and adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Without further ado, here's a recap of last week's chapter of The Debt of Time. Alright, so, uh, last week we read Chapter 3 of The Dead of Time. Cat, would you like to give your recap? Uh, no, because I kind of don't remember. And that is fine, because it's actually been way longer than a week than we've actually recorded. However, comma, for those of you listening on this beautiful Fire Whiskey Friday, it will feel like a week for you. Ooh, that was kind of... Stoppy goey. Sorry, guys. Wheel spinning. Hamster died. But, um... Just you just offended everybody that has ever had a hamster. Fight me. So, what do you remember from the last few episodes of Dead of Time? Well, I remember that Hermione wants to break into the ministry. I remember that she brought back... Serious? Yes. Serious. <laughs> Somebody has PTSD for mixing up Remus and Lupin. Also, I would like to make it very clear that we've gotten feedback from fans that me screaming at you about Remus being Lupin was the highlight of our teaser. So, congratulations. Solid Solid Thank contribution you there. so much. But I remember that, and then I remember... <laughs> Yeah, that's all I remember. Okay, so Sirius Black is back. Uh, Sirius is back in black. Ayo. Oh. Uh, okay, we have to pay for that. Never mind. <laughs> so Sirius wakes up on Remus's couch. He says, "Maya." Remus is like, "No, this is Hermione." And um, Ron has told Mrs. Weasley about the Horcrux hunt. And Harry is still at the Dursleys, and they are planning to go fetch him soon. So, you you remember that part from the movies, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, come on. Everybody <laughs> I'm shows... just kidding. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> oh, so, oh, somebody brought up a fan-in moment from that. So, something that, like... The fans acknowledge as canon that never actually happened. Um, apparently, this was not in the books. There was a scene in the movie where they filmed this, but it didn't make the final cut. And it's when Petunia is leaving because she, you know, and the Dursleys all move away so that, you know, if Voldemort decides to blow up Privet Drive, they're not there for it. But, um,. As Petunia is leaving, she like turns it to Harry and says, "Don't just forget, you didn't just lose your mother that night. I lost my sister." And it was supposed to be like a almost like a pity moment for Petunia, which I'm sorry, you were a monster to a child. Like, at what age did they start putting him in the cupboard? When he was two, when he was three, when he was four. At what point did you take him out of a crib and put him under the stairs? You piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Awful, awful woman. But that is neither here nor there. So, Harry is still at Privet Drive, and the plan is to go get him. Or, wait, no! I lied. I'm skipping ahead because I started reading another chapter. Um, they are not preparing to go get him. No? No, they are. They are. Um... Face palm. I'm sorry. I only had one cup of coffee today. I am not functioning. But yeah, well, me too, and I functioned fine. So, smart Claire, I wrote down the recap in my episode notes, which I am now writing down, and I actually have a recap here. 
And it says Sirius is back. He keeps asking Remus about Maya. And Remus keeps saying Hermione and then fills him in on the whole Snape and Dumbledore's drama. And then Remus calls the order meeting and Ron told Molly about the Horcrux hunt. So. Well, are good we ready? job, smart Claire. Woohoo! Getting it. Getting yes, it. Yes, Taylor Swift, we are ready for it. Without further ado, here is this week's chapter of The Dead of Time. Chapter 4. Some Welcome Home Party. July 23rd, 1997. In the late afternoon, the members of the Order of the Phoenix gathered in the Weasley's living room. As each wizard or witch stepped through the fireplace, another member was there to quiz them using a previously established security question. Considering that the entire Order would be engaged in a mission involving Polyjuice Potion in just a few days, they, more than anyone else, appreciated how tight security needed to be. Mrs. Weasley had created a feast as usual, though instead of waiting to sit down to eat at the end of the meeting like they often did, most people gravitated to and from the table of food, snacking as they moved about the room, engaging one another in conversation. Everyone, save for Hermione, openly wondered why the meeting had been called in the first place. Green flames lit up the living room once more, and they all turned to the fireplace as Tonks stepped through with a look of excitement on her face. Before anyone had a chance to say anything, Alistair Moody approached, wand pointed directly at her. Your first day as an official lawyer, you stepped into my office and tripped. What item of mine did you break? Tonks snickered, daring to look proud. Two sneakoscopes, a brand new faux glass, and a secrecy sensor. Aye, and you still owe me a new one of each, Moody grumbled. Where is your husband, and what's this meeting all about? Learn some patience and stop worrying so much. She smiled and directed a wink at Hermione, who felt as if she were about to vomit. Calm down, love, Tonks whispered as she moved to Hermione's side. Everything's going to be fine. Everything and everyone, she added, is fine. Quotation marks. Quotation marks. They are, Hermione asked, almost choking on the words. She clenched her hands together, lacing her fingers to stop from fidgeting. Nothing's wrong? Tonks chuckled softly. Someone might need a bit of an ear bashing, but that's normal, isn't it? The fireplace lit with another burst of green flames, and Remus stepped into the room, immediately seeking out Tonks and Hermione. His reassuring smile left Hermione feeling as though she had not only his approval of what she had done, but also his support in the meeting. Remus! Bill Weasley stepped forward. If that really is you, he eyed the man with a smirk on his face, feigning suspicion. Between the two men, who would likely be able to smell the lycanthropy in one another, the security questions were pointless. To appease the anxious crowd, however, Bill asked, When I woke up in the hospital wing last month, what's the first thing you said to me? I told you that I hoped you liked your steaks rare. Remus grinned and clapped Bill on the shoulder. Speaking of which, how are, are you doing all right? Bill shrugged, brushing off the concern, even as Mrs. Weasley huffed over the reminder of the attack on her oldest son. Better than you, I'd imagine. I got a little anxious a few nights ago, full moon and all, but it was nothing I couldn't handle. Now that the pups are all reacquainted, Moody interrupted with a scowl, Anyone going to tell me what the bloody hell was so important we needed to risk another meeting so close to retrieving Potter? Hermione's breathing and heart rate increased as she began to shuffle restlessly. When she felt a comforting hand on her shoulder, she assumed that Remus's, Remus's enhanced sentences fight me. Remus's enhanced senses picked up on the change, or she was being profoundly obvious. We're not all here actually, Remus said. Now, before I call our last member, I need everyone to keep an open mind and remain calm. You can ask all the security questions you need, but keep your wands where they are. You've already, yeah. <laughs> You've already spoken to Tonks and myself, so you know we are who we say we are. I'm asking you to trust us now. 
Most of the order nodded anxiously, while a few, most notably Moody, looked angry that details were clearly left out of whatever it was that was happening. Instinctively, Hermione reached out and clutched Ron's hand tightly, using her other hand to grip Tonks's robes. Remus approached the fireplace, tossed in flu powder, and shouted, The Den! before sticking his head into the green flames. Come on through, he called loudly, before stepping back to make room. The green flames burned higher and brighter. When they finally died down, every wand in the room was drawn as the shocked order members stared defensively into the gray eyes of Sirius Black. Dun dun dun. Some welcome home party this is, Sirius looked pointedly at all the drawn wands. Surely only one or two wands are necessary. What'll happen if everyone shoots off a curse at once? The whole bloody house will cave in. Yeah, well. <sighs> Catching sight of Mrs. Weasley, Sirius flashed his well-remembered smile. Molly, you're looking well. Her jaw had dropped at the sight of him. She clutched at her husband with her wandless hand and shrieked, You're looking alive! Okay. That's a voice. <laughs> this is not a howler, Claire. Calm down. <laughs> it said that she shrieked. I was shrieking. Apparently you were. You shriek your shack. That just sounds dirty. I know. Sorry, I peel my labels off my bottles. Apparently I'm sexually frustrated. Leave me alone. I'm sorry, what? And handsome as ever, Sirius no, no, said. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. You said <laughs> I'm peeling labels off of my bottles, which means I'm sexually frustrated. To which I say, what? That's what I'm told. That's what people tell me. What? If you Google it, it's an Urban Dictionary thing. Oh, oh, sorry. I didn't realize it was an Urban Dictionary. That makes it legitimate. And handsome as ever. (laughs) 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 The snort gets me every time. (sighs) We're not putting this in there. Oh, no, that's going in there. Oh, God. And handsome as ever, Sirius said with a grin, dusting off his robes. All right, Remus said you lot use security questions now, yeah? Well, let's get this over with. It's been a long time since I've had some good home cooking, and I can smell the treacle tart from here. Treacle tart? That sounds dirty. What? Why does that sound dirty? Oh, because it's a tart? Well, the word treacle doesn't really sound very, uh, whatever the word I'm looking for is there. You need to watch more British Baking Show. Treacle is so not sexy. I can't watch the British Baking Show anymore because ever since they took away What's-Her-Face and What's-Her-Face, it's boring. The new hosts have grown on me. It took some time, but in the newer seasons, they actually grew on me. Okay, fine. Just hang in there. It gets better. Anyway. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Mr. Weasley gaped at him. How are you alive? That, Sirius said, pointing at the man, is a terrible security question, Arthur. Try again. Um, I... What song wouldn't you stop singing when we were all spending Christmas together at Grimmauld Place? Mr. Weasley blurted out, clearly too flustered to think of a good question. God rest ye merry hippogriffs. <laughs> Sirius anther- answered blithely. I don't think that was supposed to be sung, but I just, I felt the need. I felt like that uh, needed to be sung. God rest ye merry hippogriffs. Oh my God. Rest ye merry hippogriffs. May nothing they dismay. Don't insult all the hippogriffs or they will scratch Malfoy. I don't know. I'm, I'm out of things. No, that just didn't work. That... Good attempt, though. Thank you. I appreciate the effort. I I try. I try. Uh, Good to see you, old friend. I've been told you have my bike. I'd like it back. 
He peered at the man warily, and Mr. Weasley laughed in response, still in shock. Sirius predictably turned toward Moody, who was fuming with suspicion. Next. Moody narrowed his one good eye at Sirius, while the other spun in its mechanical socket until it was facing backwards, as though he were waiting for another recently not-dead person to come up from behind. He slowly and deliberately asked, When we escorted Harry... Oh, sorry. <clears throat> when we escorted Harry Potter to King's Cross, what were his last words to you before we left you behind at Grimmauld Place? What is with you and these voices? You sound like a pirate. I mean, that's honestly what I, just, I I thought that to myself when I first said it. I'm like, I sound like a fucking pirate, but whatever. I, yeah. Moody has a weird moody voice. I'm trying to be like moody. Like, wow. But like, he's not a pirate. He may walk with a limp in the movie, but he doesn't have a peg, a peg leg. leg. Okay, he's, just because your husband calls you Mad-Eye Moody does not mean that you have the right. hurtful. It's funny. It's terrible. But it's funny. I'm so self-conscious about it. Anyway. <clears throat> Trick question. I came with you, and you were really bent out of shape about it. Sirius smiled smugly, rocking back and forth on the heels of his black pointed-toe boots. For no good reason, might I add. I played obedient lapdog quite well. Several members in the room chuckled at the joke. Fine, fine. Moody growled, looking serious over intently. Though he refrained from casting hexes, his wand was still in hand, moving over Sirius like a muggle metal detector, presumably searching for dark magic. Now answers Arthur's first question. How the hell are you alive, Black? Magic? Sirius offered with a wink. Sirius, you're pushing it, Remus cautioned his friend. Well, what the hell am I supposed to say? I woke up on your bloody sofa, not knowing where the hell I was or why your new wife wouldn't give me a proper drink. Sirius's focus moved to his cousin, but his stare was quickly transferred to Hermione, who was still unconsciously clinging to Tonks's robes. The charming smile he gave her made her feel as though the entire room suddenly revolved around her. Her cheeks warmed over, and they must have turned pink because his smile turned into an amused grin. You mean you don't know how or why you're alive? Oh, wait, sorry. That was Mr. Weasley's voice. You mean you don't know how or why you're alive? Mrs. Weasley stepped forward, blocking Sirius's line of sight. Were you even really dead? Where have you been? Sorry, that was direct imitation of the movie. Terrible. I know, I love that part. Where have you been? Yes, really dead. Don't know where I was. Sirius leaned in to give Mrs. Weasley a quick oh, kiss on Oh, I get it now. It's like the Princess Bride. He was mostly dead. <laughs> Sorry. Hump a dig, hump a dig, hump a dig. <laughs> <laughs> I was having flashbacks to um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah. I'm true. not dead yet. Quit, pe- quit telling people I'm dead. Sometimes I can still hear their voice. That's actually a different movie. I don't know which that one is. But, um, anyway, sorry. Yes, really dead. Don't know where I was. Sirius leant in to give Mrs. Weasley a quick kiss on the cheek. You're as temperamental as ever, Molly. Lovely to see you. Sirius Black, she hissed through clenched teeth. You cannot just flew into my house after being dead for over a year and expect to go on like nothing happened. This is serious, she shouted. Yes, I am. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> Wasn't expecting you to do that. My bad. Um, this is serious, she shouted, and then pointed a finger in his face as she caught him about to speak. Don't you dare say it! Sirius smirked, bouncing on the balls of his feet, clearly having far too much fun wrecking havoc on Mrs. Weasley's nerves. Moody broke the tension by loudly clearing his throat, causing a few members of the, uh, causing a few members to raise their wands in response. How do we know this isn't some sort of plot by you-know-who? Sirius scoffed. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's not his fault, Hermione broke in, and everyone's attention fell on her as she dashed to Sirius's side, her hands shaking as she twisted them together. I I did it. I I I found a way to bring him back. And I am forever grateful, kitten. 
Ignoring the shocked expressions and whispers, Sirius leant forward to place a kiss on her, on her temple, moving the warmth in her cheeks down her neck. I just want to comment on one thing before we go too much further. Keep in mind that Harry's parents got married fairly quickly out of Hogwarts. They had Harry fairly young, and they died at like 20 or 21, which means... And, they, and Harry was a year old when they died. So the age difference between the Marauder generation and the Golden Trio generation, which is what we call Harry, Hermione, and Ron, that's a 20-year age difference. The Marauders started Hogwarts in 1971. The Golden Trio started in 1991. There is a 20-year age difference. This part did kind of skeeve me out a little bit when I first read it, just because I was like, it's weird that 18 year old Hermione is getting hot and heavy from a kiss on the temple from Sirius but also Sirius flirting with her yeah well that one fan fiction you made me listen to when that happened it was creeping me out too but then I was like you know it happens and honestly, if I was in that situation and that was Alan Rickman in that wig, I would be like, whatever, do this. <laughs> Are like, you talking about the first season of Fangasm? Yeah, like that like really creeped me out. But then I was like, I thought about it and I was like, you know what? When it's Alan Rickman, it's okay. But when it's serious <laughs> in the book, it's not okay. Because apparently I have a thing for actors and wigs because alan rickman not in a wig in himself like he's a good looking dude but as serious for some reason that just like alan rickman isn't serious oh i thought we were talking never mind alan rickman is snake yeah i thought we were talking about snake for a second because wasn't that the one in the yep that was the first episode oh my god (laughs) that first season Anyway, yes, free promo for Fangasm if y'all haven't listened to it. Hilarious. Um, But no, Gary Oldman was serious. And the thing is, like, I loved Gary Oldman. He was a very good serious. He is not who I picture. Because Sirius was supposed to be super duper hot. And, like, Gary Oldman is not a bad looking guy. Gary Oldman is not the guy who I want to see shirtless on a motorcycle Wearing nothing but leather pants. Well, no one wanted to see Seth Rogen shirtless on a motorcycle, but there you go. Yeah, but he also wasn't playing a guy who was listed as a heartthrob. Yeah, but I haven't read the books. What the heck do I know? God. So one of the fanon things is that, and you'll see this in all sorts of Tumblr posts. um, Like, okay, say the Marauders are playing Truth or Dare, and they're all sitting in a circle. And... Again, we've discussed Wolfstar. We know that people in their heads put Lupin and Sirius together. But they're playing Truth or Dare and it lands on Sirius. And James goes, Sirius, I dare you to kiss the most attractive person in this room. And Sirius looks at Lupin and goes, Lupin? And Lupin goes, yes. And Sirius goes, how the hell am I supposed to kiss myself? (laughs) And it's just one of those, again, it's Fanon, but the idea that Sirius Black was super self-involved and thought he was super hot. But, so I I do have a fan cast for him. I do not know the guy's name, but I will send it to you and I will post it on Patreon or whatever. And everyone, I hope, will agree that he would have been a super, he is the Sirius that I picture for this. Again, older, but very debonair and very, very hot. Just so y'all know, I don't know where my mind has been lately because I literally forgot the password to get into my school for like three days. So I don't know what I'm doing. And coming in at a left field! (laughs) (laughs) Like, I really have no idea where my mind is at. Is that why you thought that Alan Rickman played Snape? Or Sirius? No, because I was segueing and I didn't realize that you didn't understand where I was going. I didn't understand why. We're going to have to cut all this because I'm so lost. Get a compass! Fight me. Life is hard. Get a helmet. (sighs) Which apparently I need. Yes. 
<sighs> Where am I? Right. Hermione. You. Snort, <laughs> <laughs> snort. Okay. Hermione did something. Hermione smiled nervously at him and then looked at the rest of the gathered crowd, most of whom looked surprised, scared, or angry, save for Fred and George, who were quietly applauding her. And how did you do that? Moody quickly stepped forward, pointing an accusing finger in Hermione's direction. However, before he got too close, both Remus and Sirius barred his way, low growls emitting from their throats. Why are they growling? I didn't say how, I said why. <laughs> because they can. What is Lupin? He's a werewolf. What is Sirius? A werewolf. He's not a werewolf! <laughs> God, you're fucking fired. <laughs> that is not third, I am not. The third snort. Love me. Third snort. The people love me. The people do love you. Also, third snort of the episode. We have been recording for 26 minutes. Three snorts. Feels like longer. That is a lot of snorts. That's a snort. I have a deviated septum that I have self-diagnosed myself with. So you All right, Meryl Streep. Um, what does that have to do with anything? She has a deviated septum that she refuses to fix. Why? Because she's Meryl Streep and she doesn't want to change her nose. She's iconic. Okay, so there's a little bit of uh, Devil Wears Prada in her after all, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so, Sirius. What is the Sirius Star? What is it also called? Wait, what? The star, Sirius. It sits in the Orion constellation. I'm not an astronomer. Dog star. It is the dog star. Sirius is the dog. Okay. Sirius Black is dog black. He's a black dog. He's the Grim. Oh. Okay. We have found signs of intelligent life, folks. Don't toy story me. Hey. I'm getting a PhD. Leave me alone. No comment. Hey, we talk HR, I got you. Talking Harry Potter, I stupid. (laughs) And that's fine. Alright, so Remus and Sirius are barring Moody's way from getting to Hermione and growling. Hermione took a sharp breath, and as the two marauders faced off against the angry Auror, she peeked around Remus to gauge everyone's reaction. Kingsley looked relieved, but curious. Mr. and Miss- Why are you breathing so loud? (laughs) Kingsley. And everybody is laughing at me now, but that's fine. So he is like the token black guy in The Order of the Phoenix. He's the one who wears the super African garb. And when Dumbledore does the thing where he leaves and like claps his hands and the phoenix flies away with him, when they try to arrest him during movie and book five, Kingsley's the one that turned around and was like, you got to admit Dumbledore's got style. Ringing any okay. bells? Yes, I, I remember. Okay. So Kingsley looked relieved, but curious. Mr. and Mrs. Weasley were obviously on edge, though it was likely regarding the potential fight rather than Sirius's appearance. The Weasley brothers, save for Ron, looked ready to jump in, all led by Bill, who was attentively watching Remus's movements as though waiting for some silent command. Ron was the only one who still stared, open-mouthed at Sirius Black. It doesn't matter how it was done. It was done, Hermione said. I found the spell while researching the mission Dumbledore gave Harry, Ron, and me. In Dumbledore's own books, she clarified, as though that let the, uh, she clarified as though that let the Order members know that she had not used dark magic, which technically she hadn't. Not all blood magic was dark magic, though it was not at all exactly legal either, which was why she was keeping as quiet as possible about the details in front of everyone. I was there when she did it. I saw and heard the spell, saw his body come out of the veil, watched him wake up, 
Remus explained, looking down at Moody. Sirius is alive again. Hermione brought him back. Now back off from the both of them. The timbre of his voice should have been frightening, but Hermione found herself stepping closer to him without thinking. I don't like this, Moody grumbled. Noted, Sirius replied. So, if we're all done measuring our... (laughs) wands... (laughs) Insert wand joke here. Uh, You see, you take your thumb and your index (laughs) finger... Twelve and three-quarter inches. Oak wood. Dragon heartstring core. Sorry. (laughs) The wand chooses the witch. Ew. Okay. Serious, Remus growled. I'm starved, Molly. Sirius turned his attention to Mrs. Weasley. Not to be in a position, but I'd love some dinner. I haven't eaten a proper meal in over a year. Tonks and Remus barely know how to brew a cup of tea. I'm amazed they're surviving together without anyone to feed them. He stepped behind Remus, who was still guarding Hermione. His gaze fell on her, and he reached a tender hand out to her, pushing a brown curl behind her ear. She smiled, feeling grateful, more than anything, that he had recovered so well in such a short time. One by one, the order members moved from the living room, following behind Sirius as he heaped food onto a large plate, leaving only Moody, Remus, Ron, and Hermione in the living room. Remus still stood in front of her, as though the old R posed a serious threat. Hermione reached out to place her hand softly on his arm, feeling him tense under her touch. Remus, she whispered, noticing that he relaxed at the sound of her voice. Remus, it's okay. I knew this was go- This would happen. I knew there would be questions. Moody grunted, and she turned to him. Questions I still won't be answering. Moody glared for a few more minutes before giving her a curt nod and leaving the room. Remus turned to watch him exit before bringing his attention back to Hermione. Is there any way I can get you to stay here when the rest of us go fetch Harry? He asked, his green eyes flimmering with flecks of gold in the light. Do you remember what the gold eyes mean? How would I remember? That wasn't explained, was it? I don't know. All right, so Remus naturally has green eyes. However, the way it works in the wizarding world, they assume the wolf is almost a separate entity within you, sort of like a second personality. And so you can tell who is dominant based on the color of his eyes. When he has green eyes, Remus the man is in charge. When he has golder eyes, or if you see the flashes of gold, that's Mooney, the wolf, coming to the forefront. Got it. So... Him, with his green eyes flashing the gold, is him trying to order her to stay when they go get Harry. Hermione shook her head. I'm going. Remus's nose twitched in silent affront at her words, but he dipped his head and patted her shoulder lightly. Very well. I suppose I'll have to make sure Molly can keep Sirius here on her own then. We won't be able to keep Harry safe if he knows that Sirius is alive. He'll have to be told once he gets here. Hermione agreed. Ginny will help. Go and get some food. And keep an eye on him, she said with a soft chuckle, looking through an open doorway and watching as Sirius maneuvered around the table of food. He had a plate balanced in one hand as he shoved a chicken leg in his mouth with the other. Some... Sounds like me. <laughs> I guess it sounds like Ron, but oh my god, you and the frickin' turkey legs. Uh, tradition. Tradition. For those of you who aren't aware, which is the majority of you, Every time we go to Universal, Catherine insists on taking a photo of her eating one of the turkey legs. This, God, there's got to be like, what, like six or seven of them now? Yeah, if you count the one my mom took of me when I was little back in like the 90s, but yeah. Nice. Tradition. Some Uh, people were watching. (laughs) So yeah, he's shoving a chicken leg in his mouth. Some people were watching him anxiously. I'm worried he's going to make someone angry and undo all the hard work I did to get him back. Remus laughed, leaving her to make his way through the crowd that had gathered around his best friend. What the bloody hell did you do? 
Ron quietly said from the room's periphery. Hermione turned to see him, still wide-eyed, staring at her. You're supposed to be on my side, she reminded him. I am on your side, he insisted as he quickly approached her. But I didn't know you knew how to bring people back from the bloody grave. Language, she scolded him. And keep your voice down, Ronald. For your information, I don't know how to bring back just anyone. I can't reverse a killing curse. That's how I found the spell. Harry wanted me to look for a way to bring back Dumbledore. I knew it was pointless, but I wanted to maybe find a way to protect us when we go off on this mission. I stumbled onto the spell, made the connection, and asked Remus and Tonks to go with me to the Ministry, because Tonks is an Auror and could get me in. Ron exhaled and ran a hand through his hair, still shocked by what Hermione had done. Bloody hell! She smacked his arm. Language! I, I like how she does the language thing, because it reminds me a bit of Captain America. Of course you would say that. Also, I think she would hate this podcast, because, you know, Fuck. Fish paste! (laughs) Ignoring the assault, he laughed. Can you imagine the look on Harry's face when he sees him? That's almost all I've been thinking about. Hermione smiled as the imagined image of Harry and Sirius's reunion returned to her mind. The happy feeling, however, was quickly replaced by a flood of apprehension, and she felt her eyes prick at the rise of emotion. If we have to go on this hunt, this is it. This is the end. I can feel it. I needed to give this to Harry. He needs us. He has us, but... She wiped a tear as it fell down her cheek. Harry needs his family. He needs to have something of his own to fight for. So what do you think so far? I am, I don't want to say I am confused, but I just don't understand why everybody seems to be like all, I don't want to say mad, but all like, Jesus Christ, Hermione, why'd you have to bring him back? Like, that's kind of like how, what I'm getting here. They're all like, not happy about it. They're just like, God, you couldn't just like, left it alone. See, I, I don't get that vibe. I It's not like a... Why would you do that? You shouldn't have bothered. It's more of a holy fit. He was dead. And now he is not. Yeah, I kind of don't really see it that way for some reason. But it's like, you had one job. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, dude. But All you had to do was get the Horcruxes. And you little Miss Overachiever decided to, you know, bring somebody back from the dead. You know, typical Tuesday. July 27th, 1997. Sit and stay. Ginny Weasley ordered, her wand trained on the wizard in front of her, a devious grin on her face. Real quick, I know we just dove back into this, but book Ginny? Way better than movie Ginny. Book Ginny, sassy. Many layers, super cool character, very dynamic. Movie Ginny, cardboard cardboard she just not a lot of emotion like Ginny was supposed to be like sassy and flirty and have an attitude I mean she's got what six older brothers you don't survive six big brothers without having a huge ass personality to show that you can hold your own against all the boys and I just feel like in the movie she was just kind of bleh yeah I mean since I didn't read the book what do I know but Okay, yeah, does she see does she seem like a standout character in the movies, or is she just sort of like quiet and backgroundy? Well, I think she in the beginning when they're younger is quiet and backgroundy, and I feel like towards when they get older, she kind of comes into her own. But I also kind of feel like in the movies they don't really like give her a chance. They're mainly focusing on the three of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and the thing is, like, Bonnie Wright, the girl who played her, I think she's, like, I haven't seen her in anything else, so I don't know what kind of actress she is, but I've seen, follow her on Instagram, and she seems like a super dynamic person. It's just, I don't think she was given great material. But, anyway, you get to see a little bit more of Sassy Jenny. 
in this series, which is nice. So Yeah, and it's like, I've also learned from Potterless that apparently Harry has a sassy moment in the books, and you don't really get that in the movie. Oh my god, he has so many sassy mo- moments in the books. Like, when he's talking to Snape, and just says something, and he doesn't finish it with Sir, and Snape goes, Sir, and Harry goes, you don't have to call me, uh, you don't have to call me Sir, Professor. And, like, I had to put the book down and just, like, laugh and clap and applaud, and it was just amazing, because Harry's super effing sassy. Yeah, because I feel like you don't really get it in the movie until the fifth one where he takes the, uh, liquid lock and he's like by all means sir come along like okay that's movie or yeah that's movie six not five i thought that was five no that's half blood prince because five that one ends with um oh because he's trying when he's doing the whole come along sir he's trying to get the memory from slughorn about the horcrux and that's six dang it <laughs> I hate Google. <laughs> Not your mom, but I hate the surgeon. <laughs> As an explanation, my mother's nickname is Google because she used to be a reference librarian and she is the human equivalent of Google. But anyway, get way off track. Good lord, I think this is the long this is gonna be the longest episode we've done. We um, digress. <laughs> we digress. Who wants to hear about our problems anyway? Whee! It's cheaper than therapy. <laughs> Leave your advice in the comments below. God. I can hear my therapist in the background going, no, don't do that. Yeah, mine's probably thinking the same thing, but whatever. Sorry. Hashtag normalized therapy. Uh, <laughs> okay. Sit. Stay. Ginny Weasley ordered, her wand trained on the wizard in front of her, a devious grin on her face. I'm not a dog. Sirius glared at her. When she snorted, he conceded, Right now. I'm not a dog. Right now. And I've already said, I'll be good and sit tight until everyone gets here. He angrily turned towards the kitchen where Molly stood, staring out the window. Which they should have done by now. There's a portkey! Molly yelled, ignoring him as she flew out the door. Sirius moved to stand, but Ginny shook her head and leveled her wand. No, Sirius. You promised. If something's gone wrong... We need to figure out what happened and tend to anyone who might have been hurt. Harry won't be able to focus if he sees you right off. Her tone eerily reminded him of Lily, and Sirius was almost forced into submission by the memory of her. Fine, he allowed, grumbling under his breath. Go and help your mom. Ginny eyed him suspiciously for a moment, then nodded and ran out the door. The second she was gone, Sirius shifted into Padfoot, swiftly slipping out the open door and into the shadows of the bushes that surrounded the burrow. The moment Padfoot's gaze fell on Harry arriving, his chest panged. He whimpered, his paws begging him to move forward, but he knew better. It had been his recklessness that had gotten him killed the last time, and he knew that not only would he hurt Harry if he did something like that again, but his impatience would demonstrate a lack of gratitude he needed to show Hermione for everything she had done for him. So he waited, watched, and listened. The Death Eaters were waiting for us, Harry told Molly. We were surrounded the moment we took off. They knew it was tonight. I don't know what happened to anyone else. Four of them chased us. It was all we could do to get away, and then Voldemort caught up with us. Padfoot growled at the mention of Voldemort his large body shaking as he stared at his godson, the mirror image of James. Knowing that the wizard who had killed his best friend had attacked Harry this very night had his blood boiling with rage. In the distance, another blue light flashed. As the group turned to await their friends, Padfoot caught the scent of blood, and his eyes widened as Remus came running towards the house, carrying with him the wounded body of George Weasley. Quick, what happened to George? He died. What? No! Didn't one of the twins die? Yes, but not yet. That doesn't happen until the Battle of Hogwarts. Oh, is this the one where he has his ear splinched or whatever? Or is that just in the movie? No, his ear's cut off by Snape. Good memory. Yeah. Uh, Padfoot stayed put, still on the edge of his paws, wishing that he could do something to help, but remembering everyone's precautions. Wait for everyone to get back. Then go to Harry. Everyone made their way into the house, and Padfoot winced, knowing that soon Ginny and Molly would notice his absence. 
He listened quietly from outside as Molly tended to her son's wound. It was not life-threatening from the sound of it, though he felt a modicum of grief for the boy, a fellow marauder, who, from the sound of things, would certainly no longer look like his identical twin. What creature sat in the corner the first time Harry Potter visited my office at Hogwarts? Padfoot overheard Remus ask. Answer me! A a Grindylo! In a tank, wasn't it? Harry nervously replied. What was that about? Hagrid roared. I'm sorry, Harry, but I had to check, Remus said tersely. We've been betrayed. You might have been an imposter. Outside, Padfoot looked back to the field by the burrow, waiting for anyone else to arrive, his eyes scanning the area quickly, his ears perked up, alert for any threats. Remus said they had been betrayed. He mentally went through the list of the Order members that he recalled, growling at his mem- as his memory fell on Mundungus Fletcher. Remus told him it had been Fletcher's idea to use the polyjuice, but Sirius knew Dung was not smart enough to have come up with something like that. It must have been a trap. Padfoot continued to guard the burrow, listening all the while to Remus scolding Harry inside the house. He was on edge at, vol- at the volume and tone his best friend was taking with his godson, though he had to admit it was for the boy's own good. Harry, the time for disarming is past. These people are trying to capture and kill you. At least stun if you aren't prepared to kill. We were hundreds of feet up. Stan's not himself. And if I had stunned him, he would have fallen and died the same as if I'd used the killing curse, Harry insisted. Expelliarmus saved me from Voldemort two years ago. Who's Stan? The man. Hey. <laughs> Obviously, I have no idea. Stan Shunpike, also known as the conductor for the night bus, who we meet in book three and movie three, when Harry takes the night bus to the Leaky Cauldron after running away from home. Oh, he's the one that's like, why'd you fall down for? And he's like, I didn't do it on purpose. Exactly. Did you hear that? The Leaky Cauldron's in London. (laughs) God. Who's that? Who's serious black? He's a murderer. Okay, you need to work on your voices. Shut the f- I'm not a voice actor, okay? I am an executive assistant. This is a side gig. <laughs> Channel your inner Robin Williams and do the voices. You keep doing that shit. If Dobby ever comes up, his voice is going to be like, Oh, oh boy! Harry Potter! You sound, you sound like Mickey Mouse. Let's go on an adventure! Wow, we're really getting off track. Oh my god, there's so much to clip out of this episode. <laughs> Hey, just make it a two-parter or a bonus thing or something. I don't oh, care. God. Give the people what they want. All the bloopers. Hey, people only listen to this because I'm hilarious. No, I'm just kidding. Hurtful. I was kidding. Hurtful! I love you. I love you, too. Okay, yeah, so we have a story to read. God, how much is left in this chapter? Oh, God. Uh, Harry's not even back yet. Oh, wait, no, he is back. He just hasn't seen serious all right i don't even remember where you stopped okay um remus is talking to harry and harry said that he didn't want to stun stan because if he'd stunned stan stan would have fallen down and stan would have died that is the most white boy name ever stan. okay continue yes harry remus conceded with painful restraint and a great number of death eaters witnessed that happening Forgive me, but it was a very unusual move then, under the imminent threat of death. Repeating it tonight in front of Death Eaters who either witnessed it or heard about it, the first occasion, was close to suicidal. Another blue light emanated from the field, and Padfoot caught the scent instantly, every bit of his soul urging him forward. Staying put was painful as the scent overpowered him. He struggled to fight the instinct to dash forward and only the sight of Harry and Remus rushing out the door to meet Kingsley and Hermione finally stopped him. He watched closely as Harry enveloped Hermione in his arms. As though she knew exactly where he was, he felt her gaze immediately upon him. She looked exhausted, but grateful to be alive. Padfoot stood, moving uncertainly on all fours until she shook her head at him from over Harry's shoulder, silently requesting that he stop. He whimpered, physically aching from not being able to go to them both, but obeyed her, this time, and retreated into the shadows. 
Where's George? Or, sorry, where's George? He lost an ear, Remus said. Lost an ear? Hermione repeated in a high voice. Oh, wait. Lost an ear? Hermione repeated in a high voice. Snape's work. Snape? Harry shouted. You didn't say... Severus lost his hood during the chase. Sectum Sempro was always a speciality of his. I wish I could say I'd paid him back in kind, but it was all I could do to keep George on the broom after he was injured. He was losing so much blood. Sirius had seen the Sectum Sempra curse in use before, and the memory caused him to shake with anger. Not only had the filthy Death Eater betrayed and killed Dumbledore, but he was now using his old favorites to attack teenagers. Unable to contain himself any longer, Padfoot growled loudly at the mention of Snape and his betrayal. Did you hear that? Harry spun at the noise, pointing his wand at the shadows where Padfoot remained hidden. Harry, pay attention. We need to wait for Ron and the others. Hermione tried to distract him, but Harry stepped forward, completely undeterred, his wand lit and aimed ahead. Padfoot flinched at the sight, immediately regretting that Remus had insisted that the boy not hesitate to use offensive tactics. Harry! Hermione called after him, brushing in front of her friend. Move, Hermione! Someone's over there! Harry! Kingsley bellowed. The order members who had arrived made to follow the boy, but Padfoot watched as Hermione shook her head. She turned to Remus, who seemed to understand right away, his attention drawn to Padfoot's hiding spot. Everyone inside, then, Molly ordered, and one by one they all moved into the house, save for Harry, Hermione, and Remus. Hermione put her hands on Harry's chest. Harry, stop. I can explain. Explain what? Harry's green eyes flashed with panic. Hermione, what's going on? Who's back there? Knowing it was inevitable now that he had fucked it all up, Sirius shifted back into his human form and slowly stepped out of the shadows hands held up in surrender to show his godson that he was unarmed. He gave a very brief, apologetic glance to Hermione, who looked like she was undecided whether she should be sympathetic to his need to see Harry, incredibly angry over his imprudent impatience. Sirius smiled. Harry. The look on his godson's face was agonizing, and it broke Sirius's heart to know that his foolhardy actions had left Harry in a grief that he himself understood all too well. He slowly moved toward forward. Harry shook his head and stumbled back. What? No! No, serious? But... Remus placed his hand on Harry's shoulder. It's really him. No! Tears began to gather in Harry's eyes, gleaming an unnatural em emerald hue from the flickering light emanating out, of the, emanating out of the windows of the house. No, Sirius died! I watched him die. You told me, Remus. You told me he was gone! Sirius took one more careful step towards him, but stopped immediately when Harry's wand hand stiffened. Ask me, then. Ask me anything to identify myself. It's what the Order does now, yes? I... I... Harry quickly used his free hand to wipe his cheeks, his voice trembling as he asked. What were the first words you ever said to me? Amused, Sirius said, I assume you mean at the Shrieking Shack, in which case I told you that I thought you would come to help your friend, as your father would have done the same for me. He took a moment, his smile softening. But if we want to get technical, my first words to you were, Merlin, look at this head of hair. Harry lowered his wand. Sirius? It's really me, son. Sirius pulled Harry into a tight hug the moment the boy rushed into his arms, patting his back and affectionately ruffling his messy black hair. He listened as Hermione sniffled, but left her to be tended to by Remus. This is your chance to react to the reunion. What reunion? Between Harry and Sirius? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Oh, you got I like me. it when you get mad. <laughs> you, you deadpanned that well. I was like, what the fuck do you mean? What were you <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, I don't really have a reaction. Wow. Super emotional part of the story, and you're just like, whatever. I have no heart. I'm whatever. Hey, it's not my fault. I'll look.
explain that to you later because nobody needs to see this. Hear this. Hear this. You sold your soul to the devil. Got it. No, I did not. It's actually not my fault. You did well. Go wait for Tonks. I'll stay with them, Hermione said kindly. I don't understand, Harry said as he finally broke away from Sirius, though not letting go of the grip he had on his robes, clearly worried that if he let go, Sirius would disappear. How is this possible? Sirius grinned and gestured over Harry's shoulder to where Hermione stood, quietly taking in the scene in front of her. You've got a very clever witch on your side, son. Hermione? Harry spun around and looked at her. You, you brought him back? How? You said that... I couldn't bring back Dumbledore, but I kept researching and I found a spell. She smiled, leaving out every single detail of exactly how she'd gone about pulling Sirius from the veil. Without words... Harry reluctantly let go of Sirius and moved to Hermione, pulling her into a warm hug and burying his face in her shoulder. She closed her eyes and clung to her friend, hushing his incoherent mumbles of gratitude. You've done too much already, Harry. Had too much taken away. I saw a chance, and I had to take it. To give something back to you, especially with what we need to do next. I'm sorry, what do we need to do next? Sirius questioned, interrupting them. Harry drew away from Hermione, swiping at his eyes before turning his attention back to Sirius with a resolute smile. We win this war. Ta-da! That's intense. Yeah. So, any predictions for the following chapter? There's gonna be a war. Oh my god, it's almost <laughs> like we already knew that was coming. Oh my god, yes. Things are gonna go down in Wizard Town. Oh, I like that. Going down in Wizard Town. But anyway, what do you think? I like it. You like it? Yeah, I do. I can understand why you stayed up until like whatever hour in the morning reading this. Four-ish? Maybe five? Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. And a special thank you to Shailani for allowing us to read your story. And Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo. Find us on Instagram at Fire, Whiskey, and Honey Podcast. No E in whiskey. And on Twitter, FWH Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. A special thank you to our production support supporters. These are our Fox level supporters on Patreon. Big thank you to. Wait, did you just say Fox level? <laughs> Fox! Okay, continue. Oh, alright. <laughs> the don't give a fox level supporters uh, Ashley Enstrom, Martina, Jillian Fulce, Amanda Quick, Sophie Segator, Krista, Elise Wolfson, Rin Oliver, Kelsey Malilo, Laura Rivers, and Carissa Horton. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday. Say goodnight, Mabel. Goodnight, Mabel. And Gracie. Oh, that's what it is. Mabel, Mabel, look at those feet on the table. And then goodnight, Gracie. God damn it, I... I cursed him. Say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie.